In episode 55, we welcome a special guest, Jelaine Appling, to help us better be better prepared for the midterm elections and beyond. We will focus our say what and our amen battles on the midterm elections as well. We'll do a little truth in tunes trivia. We'll see if our guest is able to best us, which is not that hard to do, Jelaine. And Jeremy will close us out in Fix Your Eyes. Six in the Mix, a band of brothers talking faith. But we pray to a God uh, who has all power, uh, who is in sovereign control of all events. Fix your eyes, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Family. And my dad, I think, enjoyed that more than than any of us put together. But every time we'd get around Thanksgiving, he, he would name all of, all of our friends, you know, by name. And uh, it just, it was, that was a great, that was a great time. Sports. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Brett Favre pass. And I'm going to say that one is probably the most perplexing. Would have taken us to the Super Bowl, right? That was the NFC Championship. That's correct. Yeah. So yep. yeah, just like the, the Falcons, Gary Anderson miss. It's just unfortunate. In politics. I was supremely disappointed with the Supreme Court's decision of the healthcare. Join us on our journey. Again, we welcome you to episode 55 of Six in the Mix. As a reminder, please drop comments and topic suggestions on our Facebook page. You can also find our videos on YouTube. And please share this with family and friends uh, who need a laugh and, and, and maybe need to be encouraged in this political environment, uh, but ultimately to pursue Christ. And, and that's really what we're about. So again, before we get into it, uh, Jeremy, why don't you introduce, uh, introduce our guest as, as you've made a connection in Wisconsin and, and tell us a little bit about her. Well, it is my privilege to introduce you, Jelaine Appling. Jelaine and I have known each other in kind of a, a pseudo-professional um, way for at least a decade or so, maybe longer than that. Uh, and it has been my privilege to know her, especially um, after she has done all the things that she has done with education in that side of her life. But the, re the way I got to know her was in the political uh, form format where she has lobbied in Madison and uh, taken on some pretty aggressive and important issues, specifically targeting and dealing with uh, family, marriage. And some of the things that our, our podcast here is really kind of highlighting and, and try to make an important thing. Uh, one thing that I can tell you about Jelaine is she does not back down from a fight. Sometimes she doesn't like the fights, but I can tell you that she does not back down. And there are some things that uh, God has gifted you, Jelaine, with that um, is is really unbelievable and it's specific to you and our state of wisconsin is very much indebted for the work you do on behalf of churches and families and marriage and in this in the in this face of really some difficult things that have taken place even recently uh to your your offices and other things that um have been a, a real attack a real legitimate attack so jelaine is known for being um fantastic with organization, fantastic with speaking, fantastic with stirring up people to be um, what they need to be for Christ. And I could introduce her a bunch of different ways, but Jelaine, let me just tell you that the one thing that has always impressed me about you is that everybody can talk about the accolades and the things that you are and the things you have accomplished. But the thing that always humbles me is to know that I stand next to you in a fight because you are, an, you are a soldier of Jesus Christ, and you do not back down from that, 
and you proclaim that to the people that you are you are very involved with, uh, whether whether believers or not. And you are a Christian, and you are a believer, and you're outspoken about that, and your testimony goes before you in many different ways. So let me applaud you, and thank you for that, but also to um, commend you to my friends here that we we can learn many things from Jelaine um, for her absolute desire to share Christ and to do what the Bible says and to remain on the foundational truth that God has gifted us. So Jelaine, welcome uh, to our podcast and thank you for coming. Matt, I'll turn it back over to you and uh, we'll turn into some fun stuff here uh, with the Say What and Amen battle. All right. Sounds good. We look forward to hearing from you, Jelaine. You are the main uh, main focus, but we're going to have a little fun before we get there. Um, we've got, we kind of do two things to start off most episodes. Uh, we've had have a say what battle, which will be like some snippets of, you know, really anybody, but a lot of time politicians saying things that you kind of like say what? And so basically we kind of play the clips and then we'll kind of just give feedback on which one was the biggest, like say what or crazy statement. Um, so we'll start with that one. And then we finish with an amen battle, which we have, you know, uh, people, typically politicians uh, or, or people uh, maybe sometimes from sports that'll say things that we, you know, we, we would espouse. And then we'll say, Hey, okay, who, who, who would we say the loudest amen to as far as that goes? So um, this should be fun. So Without any further ado, uh, we've got episode 55, uh, which is going to focus on several midterm election candidates, some old faithful contributors, and a new voice. And they're going to certainly spur some great fodder and feedback. So here we go. Say what battle, episode 55. What? Sidewalk! Hey, cactus buddy! I have never denied the outcome. Never denied the outcome. We won. We were robbed of an election. But I didn't lose. I got the votes. But we won't know exactly how many because of how they cheated. I did win my election. I just didn't get to have the job. And so in response to what I believe was a stolen election. Using the word rigged, using the word steal, do you think it's dangerous going into 2020? I, I don't, because we can actually back it up. I think the election was stolen from the people of Georgia. I believe it was stolen from the voters. I have never denied the outcome. Sure, Jan. Deep thoughts. And the Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. No, no. The Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. Deep thoughts. What? What the heck are you talking about?
we have to address this in a way that is about giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and, and do that work. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Let me start off with two words. Made in America. Made in America. I need a double check of the arithmetic. Two words. Made in America. What you talking about, mister? All righty. So we have quite a... Quite a wide variety of candidates for the say what battle. Uh, which ones resonated with you? So I, I've never, I've never understood. I didn't know about this McDonald's thing. What, what's, so, what yeah, is that? Let me give you a bit of background. This is, this is new, but they made an adult happy meal. Seriously? Okay. So now, now there's an adult happy meal, which, okay, I guess, but you know, that's, it just goes to how we're all kind of, you know, they treat everybody as kids and nobody grows up and matures anymore, but that's the commercial they give for adults getting that and they and the adults are going nuts for it like there's signs up in at least mcdonald's in ohio that say hey don't harass our uh our employees about if we run out of the happy meals they can't give you the specific toy i guess there's this one cactus one that's really important so please don't harass that we can't give you just the toy you can't just buy the toy like it's it's stupid you've got to be kidding me it's nuts <laughs> yeah it's in there yeah and they all got four eyes for what i i've not i can't i couldn't spend another second doing any more research on it but it was just so it was just so funny uh, adult happy meal that's that that's where we are yeah so. say what yeah right <laughs> yeah right well i think i think fetterman is I, I, he's amazing um yeah. yeah the first time i heard him i didn't know i had well i'm kind of engaged in wisconsin things during these elections and i was on a thread with some folks that actually are from pennsylvania and this guy's speech pops up on this thread and i honestly thought that somebody was kidding that it was just a total joke and then i find out no, it's not a joke. This is what he does all the time. But I think the classic for me is, you know, Biden, I got two words for you. <laughs> How could it not be? <laughs> oh, my yeah, goodness. He, it's so good. And now, he obviously slurs words together. So maybe in his mind, that was, you know, in America is, is one word. But it was just, it's just so classic. It's just classic Biden. Oh boy. Yeah. And we entrust our country to him. Yeah. Go. Him and yeah. Kamala. Yeah. Leader of the free world. Uh math, math yeah. education. It's exciting. <laughs> oh, when, I saw, when I saw that, I just shook my head. But this actually scares me a little bit too, because this is the actual leader of the free world we're talking about. And mm -hmm. in in this with the state of the world in which it's in, everybody's looking at him thinking, Oh man, America's prime for the pickings here. We I mean, how could they not be? And that's what's uh you know, it's, it's fun. It's, you know, I laugh at it, but at the same time, I'm just like, Oh man, this is scary. It's just getting really scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Any thoughts from your end? Are you still debating in your mind? 
Uh, I'm really struggling tonight. Usually I can make a decision. I, I'm confused about the, the adult Happy Meal. Somewhat intrigued. I do want to check it out myself. You're our food man. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. you don't have it. Right. You don't you have the cactus have your toy? figurines. Yeah. I, I don't, but I'm really intrigued. Do you know, can I get it for under five bucks? <laughs> I don't know the cost. That's a great question. I uh, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I think it'd probably be like seven, eight bucks because I think it's like you can either get like a Big Mac or 10 chicken nuggets and then obviously fries, drinks and then a toy, an adult toy. Yeah, I, I, I because we've come to expect these say what's from our leaders, unfortunately, um, I, I'll just go with the McDonald's thing because I totally don't understand it, nor have I heard of it. I, I don't want the toy. I just want a meal for under five bucks. So I'm, I'm going to go with that. One. Here, here. Yeah, let's let's find that. Oh boy. Well, hats off to the, the marketing geniuses at McDonald's. They got everybody talking about it, you know, whether we like it or not, at least we're, I guess we are marketing it in some way, but um, cool. Well, it looks like Biden might edge out McDonald's just by a hair. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, good stuff. Hey, we, we're, we're going to move into the amen battle. So this is like the, uh, the positive side of, uh, you know, whether it be politics or anything like that. And we do, uh, it, it is a bit more political focus. So again, without further ado, uh, episode 55, amen battle. So you just came from Paris Fashion Week. You just landed, and yeah. the lanyard's still on from it. And there's a photograph on it. What is that? It's a photograph of a baby's ultrasound. Why is that? And that you designed that? Yes. Why? What does that mean? Uh, it just represents life. I'm pro-life. Boy, so you wear it on a badge. What what kind of response do you get? And and good. Amen. I agree. I don't care about people's responses. I care about the fact that there's more black babies being aborted than born in New York City at this point, that 50% of black death in America is abortion. So I really don't care about people's responses. I perform for an audience of one, and that's God. When Joe Biden was down there visiting with you, how were things with the president? Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, what I told him because the media was making a big deal that, that he, he wasn't talking to me or whatever, and I told him, I was like, look, I want to work together for these people because these people are from all walks of life, Republicans, Democrats, they expect us to be able to put our differences aside. And nobody has done more to stand up to the administration than me in Florida over the last year and a half, as you know. Uh, but you got to be willing to work together to help folks. And so I think the response from local, state and federal uh, has been pretty seamless. And I think that's a testament that, you know what, we as a country can actually get things done uh, when it counts. Julianne Appling is with the Wisconsin Family Action Office, the place that was just firebombed in Madison. Sorry, where a fire broke out. She joins us tonight. A fire broke out. I'm sorry even uh, to say that to you. It's got to be painful since it was your office that was firebombed. What do you make of the coverage of this, by the way? Well, the coverage has been amazing, Tucker. And 
um, you know, to see this thing go national, it's been quite an, quite an experience, to be honest. You know, we're an advocacy group, an educational group. We do come at the issues of the day from a Christian perspective. And I, I, to be honest with you, I wasn't sure what would happen after I found out that we had had this, you know, Molotov cocktails thrown into our office, fires ex ignited, and, you know, graffiti written on, on the outside walls of our building. So the coverage has been mixed. I've talked to some media outlets where, you know, basically they said that, hey, you guys did this. It's an inside job. Yeah, right. We're going to destroy our own office. Uh, that's certainly patently false. Uh, yeah. Overall, though, I must tell you that other than referring to us as an anti-abortion group, uh, which we would prefer to be, you know, recognized for being pro-life, the coverage, at least at the local level, and I think to some degree at the national level, has been fairly even-handed because we have such evidence. I mean, I'm walking on glass in my office. Uh, we have a major cleanup job ahead of us in order to get back to business as normal. And, and Tucker, may I say, you are exactly right in your monologue. This is fundamentally because we hold a Christian worldview and actually live it out. That wasn't very fair. <laughs> I agree. I, I don't think DeSantis and I don't think uh, Ye had any chance. I think, yeah, I think no, Jelaine no. mocked no, up with I, I was voting, I'm voting for the first one. I love that. I don't, I, I'm sorry, I don't know much about modern entertainers, but I thought his pro-life position was just awesome. Yeah, really special. Kanye West, now I guess he's Kanye now, West, that's who it was. He's known, yeah, now known as Ye, because uh, yeah, I guess as Ryan, Ryan's kind of our entertainment reporter. He tells us that the really popular ones change their names. Um, but he's, he's really had, a, I guess, recently, I don't know, like last year or two, kind of a revival, very much focused on Christian things, really ordering his life in that, in that respect. And I, I was just blown away by that too, Jelaine. And so I, I certainly wanted to include that because I think he's got a very powerful voice, a, a huge following outside of normal Christendom. And for him to speak so clearly and plainly on that was, uh, was pretty incredible. Yeah. I recognize the name, by the way. I just don't know that I'd ever seen him. <laughs> 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 so what do you guys think which uh who's who's taking the amen battle yeah i was taken i was also taken back from that interview i i didn't know that tucker carlson interviewed yay or kanye whatever he's going by now um and i don't know that i've ever heard him talk so very clearly and plainly i mean every time he's cast on on you know tv or whatever he's always rapping or doing something else and i quite frankly probably told a bunch of kids not to listen to his junk because it was junk back then so I was completely surprised to hear that and refreshed um, by that. But I, I'll tell you what, I was also thankful to hear some common ground of sense between DeSantis and working with people in the light of a tragedy. It's like it can be done. We can set politics aside and you can do something if, for Pete's sakes. There can actually be some cohesive working together and it's just all these egos and prides and all these things that have just got to come down out of the heavens to help people. There are people hurting. It's, it's you know, anyway, I was I was glad to hear that. But yeah, I'm going with Jelaine just because obviously she's our guest tonight. But what 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 goes on, you know, it this it, and again, one of the questions that we're going to ask is about worldview. And I'm thankful that 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 statement, Jelaine, that you made that to Tucker because that is something we are hammering into our Christian school kids, into our churches, into our own kids' lives. It's so important, so important that we teach a Christian worldview. 
Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm right behind you, Jeremy. Uh, when I saw that clip, Julian, I was. I remember sitting down on my couch watching the YouTube remix of that, and uh, when I saw you come on and you started, you know, talking about, uh, you know, coming after Christians, I I remember physically getting up from my chair and just doing this number because I was like, <laughs> "Yep, this is it. We're punching back, and we're punching back, and we're coming back strong." And man, that that that, that encouraged me. Yeah, as as much as I liked Ye's uh, lanyard and what he did with his lanyard and the fact that he said I'm pro-life just to millions of people, um, Jelaine hits the soft spot in my heart when she talks about a Christian worldview. And so I, I will go with our guest for tonight. And uh, though I, you know, I also have a soft spot in my heart for the governor of Florida. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you in Florida? <laughs> I, I am not. I'm I'm in I'm in Minnesota. Though. Oh, you're the one in Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. Our our friend Kenny, um, who comes on to our show once in a while, he he's in Florida. I mean, he lives down there. He's in Minnesota now, but uh, yeah, we do have one of our friends down there. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. And again, I, Jelena, I kind of picked that clip because I thought it it would be helpful for some of our listeners who may not be as familiar with you to kind of get a flavor of you know, how you were able to get such a spotlight on the national scene. Um, but then also just to kind of highlight the good work. And I think 2022 has just been a year of, of just fertile growth and ground for the, you know, uh, the pro-life movement in just amazing ways. I mean, even seeing the artists coming out and obviously the, the Supreme court decision, I just, um, it just, uh, just really amazing. So, so you're, you're getting my vote on that one, but we, we might've tipped the scales a little bit. We might be a little bit no biased. Towards... <laughs> Somebody had a finger on the scales. Yeah. 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 We, we'll we, we might've had it. So, well, great. Hey, uh, Jeremy, I'm going to turn it over to you to kind of to lead into the main discussion uh, with Jelaine then. Yeah. And um, Jelaine is part of the Wisconsin family action, Wisconsin family council, and she's done legislative work, their lobbying work in Madison. Again, she has even said that most of her work um, comes here in the state of Wisconsin, which I have to be, you know, a privileged member and, and citizen of. Um, and Jelaine, I want to I want to turn it over to you. Recently, I uh, heard again that uh, that talk that you gave uh, to a bunch of pastors here in the state of Wisconsin, and, and it was just encouraging. And, and my wife kept turning to me and saying, we need more of this. We need more of this. We need more of this. Um, talking about the fact that we need to be involved in our local politics, not just the state stuff and the high level stuff, but the local politics. So uh, take it, take it away. Tell us, tell us a little bit about your passion, a little about what you're doing now, and then give us, give us some encouragement in that along that line. Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for the, for the opportunity to be with you guys. It sounds like a great time, um, you know, just getting together and hashing through some things. So I appreciate that. You know, the, the problem, Jeremy, with those kinds of presentations is for the most part, I'm always speaking to the choir, Sure. Um, you know, overall. And I, I don't want to ever miss an opportunity to do that if I can avoid it. I had an opportunity. We co-sponsored an event with Turning Point Action at First Baptist uh, in West Bend um, mm. this last Thursday. And there were probably 250 people there. And I said to them in the 10 minutes that I had, you know, look, I know you're the proverbial choir. And because if you weren't, if you weren't part of the choir, you wouldn't have come to that kind of meeting, right? Because right. right. the whole meeting on Thursday and what we, what I was talking about with the Wisconsin Fellowship of Baptist Churches at their annual conference was, you know, how can we as Christians engage in a meaningful way in, in our government? It's not about politics. It's about owning the government God has blessed us with. And 
you know, I've been doing this for 25 years this month, actually. Wow. And yeah, I know it's, it's I, you know, I got rocks in my brain. Um, <laughs> there's, there's something, there's something wrong with it, but, um, you know, I was thinking about it that, and, and I actually said this to the pastors on Thursdays, that has been the, the, one of the main messages we've been trying to give everybody, but in particular pastors, because pastors are so incredibly influential with their people. Yes. is that it's not about politics. It is about the government that God has given us. And our citizenship in heaven, I believe, demands good citizenship here on earth. How do, how do, we, not, how do we not make that connection? That somehow I'm a wonderful citizen of heaven if I bury my head in the sand and say, oh, I'm not going to vote. I, I'm not going to care about what's happening locally. I'm not going to care about what's going on in my state or at the federal level. That, that to me is nonsense that that's not that doesn't that doesn't square up with the word of god at all you know i have a responsibility um to to be a good steward of the form of government god's given us aren't you glad gentlemen that every day that you wake up you live in america yes i mean we still are the freest most prosperous country in the in the world and in the history of the world you know and it's not accidental and, and so I believe that that really starts at the local level and goes up. I don't think real change has ever happened, you know, in a human sphere, top down, not real lasting systemic change. Now, say, let's, so let's take the four years of Trump. I think Trump was a gift from God for his policies. Now he made me mad almost every day with some of the stuff he did. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't miss the drama. I yeah, do oh, know, but, but I do miss his policies. Yes. I, I very much miss his policies because God gave us a window of opportunity in that four-year period to write the ship a bit mm -hmm. and, and to actually look at, at law that reflected God's principles and precepts and his character. And when we do that, every, everybody benefits, everybody's blessed. Um, but, but for the most part, you know, um, <laughs> We, we, we have, we, we can do more at the local level than we can at the national level, right? And, and so every, I put it this way, number one, every election is won at the local level, every election, it's won or lost at the local level. If people don't organize and own their own backyards and their own communities and their own school districts and their own city councils and their own town or village boards or whatever your structure there is in your individual states, then, then you don't win up the ballot. You don't, you don't get the president you want. You don't get the governor you want. If you don't start local and figure out how to organize and how to communicate and how to sustain an effort that is meaningful. And so, you know, Jeremy, seriously, um, there is no, there, and you know what's amazing about this? There's no easier, there's no easier level of government than local government. So the corollary to every, all elections are won or lost at the local level the corollary to that is every election has consequences. So do you guys know the origin of that statement? Well, I do, but I'm not going to spoil it for them. I think I told you at that meeting, didn't <laughs> yes. I? Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> Ryan, are, are we starting the trivia so sooner than we thought? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kicking right into I it. I want to know if Ryan knows this. Elections uh, have I, consequences. I, I should. You're I should, trivia guy. I know. I should. But I faintly, I, I'm not going to waste time and try to hold off to guess. But none other well, than it, Barack Obama. 
Yeah, ah. it was Barack Obama. Yeah, it's so Barack Obama gets elected in 2008. He takes office in 2009. He's having an exchange with Eric Cantor, who at that time was majority whip, um, you know, uh, minority for the Republicans. He was the whip in the, in the U.S. House. And whatever the exchange was, <laughs> Obama says to him, by the way, elections have consequences. And oh, yeah, by the way, I won. Yeah. And, and, and that's a powerful statement. It, it's incredibly simple and simplistic in one sense, but phenomenally powerful. Elections do have consequences, and we as believers can help shape the consequences when we do our part. And we can do that from the local level r- right on up. And, you know, elections, elections are powerful moments in American history where everybody gets to have a say in this. So, you know, my message has been incredibly consistent over these 25 years. We got to get people to understand you, 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 we, we have to move them from the pews to the polls. And the body of Christ, you know, I had somebody ask me the other day, so what percentage of the average church do you think is votes? And I really didn't want to answer it um, because I think hmm. every church member wants to say, oh, our church, man, we are 90 to 100%. Everybody in our church votes, you know, but, but that's not the reality. That's just not the reality. And, and so I'm going to guess, or I'm going to guess that the average church that all of us would probably go to is probably around 60%. Now that's a tough, that's a tough pill for me to swallow, to be honest, because I want to think that our people are smart enough and they get this, but I know the reality. I know the reality that if I scrubbed a church directory up against a voter roll right here in church in Wisconsin, I would be very disappointed many, many times to find that it's really 60% and maybe even less. And, um, and, and that's to our shame because then we are not, we are not part of the solution. We're part of the problem. So, you know, God has given us this incredible form of government that is a participatory form of government. We the people, I, I can't, I wish I got paid by how many times I say some of these things. <laughs> I, I could retire tomorrow, Jeremy. Yeah, you um, could. <laughs> but we the people are not, those are not just the first three words of the U.S. Constitution. They are a concept that forms the foundation of this form of government. It says it all rests on us. Mm-hmm. And, and we are the determining factor. But when we, the people, decide that, well, it's just politics or it doesn't matter, or it's not in my town, it's not in my church, that'll never happen in my country, state, community. Boy, we are so willfully ignorant or, or maybe just sadly ignorant of the reality that everything that that by the way, everything that happens on the West Coast is coming our way, even though we don't want to admit it. And 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 we're gonna fall, we're gonna fall prey to it. And we, you know, forewarned should be forearmed, but it's not. So so yeah, Jeremy, I think that I think that every church should have somebody who is appointed to watch the agendas for school boards, watch the agendas for city councils or town or village boards or you know townships or whatever. Um, and watch the county board agendas because it gives us an opportunity to get ahead of the game. Sure. You know, you see, if you see something on there, you like to see a strip club coming in or you, 
or you see uh, a conversion therapy ban coming in, or you see, you know, uh, a transgender, what we call a SOGI policy, a sexually orient, a sexual orientation, gender identity, identity policy coming in. It can be stopped because you're, you're, you're seeing it before it's, you know, 24 hours before it's on, on committee agenda or on a full ballot or full of agenda for the community or for the council or the board. Um, so yeah, I, I think we, we as Christians are, in such a unique place. I just give you a quick example though, something that's very encouraging to me. And I hope it is to you guys. So full disclosure, and Jeremy knows this, I go to Calvary Baptist Church here in Watertown, Wisconsin. Bob Loggins is our pastor. We have, well, we have a church, I don't know, it depends on, it depends on a lot of factors, 400 to 600 people on a Sunday morning. Um, so we talk a lot about this Okay, but we're in the city of Watertown. It's a city of about 24,000 people. We have a mayor and we have a city council, nine member city council. Out of right now, out of the mayor, out of the city council, five of them are Christians. Three of them come from our church. Hmm. One of them comes from another Baptist church over across town at Fellowship Baptist Church. And the fifth is the former mayor of Watertown who used to teach at Maranatha Baptist University and is now and has been here in our, he was a community a pastor of a community church here in Watertown. And now he's at a church just north of Watertown. So we have five out of the nine that are true believers. This is, this is huge, huge. Absolutely. We ought to be able to do anything we want on that council. Um, on school board, I was on school board for two terms in Watertown. At one point, we had two of us on there from our church, and we don't have anybody on there right now, but we do have some good people on. And in this, on the county board, um, two of our church members are on, including our associate pastor, Dwayne Morris, who um, runs our youth program and, and family ministries. He's, a, he's a, a, a Jefferson County supervisor, and we just had a guy elected in April who represents the area where I live. But, but that's because we understand it's really important. So, you know, I, I hope that's encouraging to you, to you all. Um, if we don't get the people to run for office from our local churches, we're going to keep getting bad stuff. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And, and you've, you've mentioned several times, you've mentioned that, you know, whether it comes to just being on the library board, you know, some of these appointed things that, that aren't, aren't necessarily that difficult to do. But if you just talk to somebody in leadership and say, I'm willing to serve, these people are looking for good people to put in, fill in those spots. And all of a sudden we've got our feet on the ground. We've got our foot in the door and we've got some of that opportunity to, to, you know, help shape our communities. And I will tell you, Julian, that you're right. You're right on. If we don't have people listening and, and watching what's happening at this, the, uh, the, the town council meetings and those different things, all of a sudden those agenda items slip into and all of a sudden it becomes a huge deal. And both Pastor Leeds and I have made it a point to read that, to make sure we're apprised of that information. And you better believe we show our faces down there at those meetings. And when we can testify, we do. And when we can speak, we do. Not because of popularity, not because of those things, but it's again, it's a battle of a worldview. And if we don't stand up and show that there is a different worldview, there is a God who drives that worldview. What are we one generation away from losing Christianity? I mean, honestly, is that, is that it? I mean, is it, is it that close? So well, <laughs> she just lost. <laughs> well, 
boy, Jerry, she didn't like that question. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> the way to go. Oh man, feel free to jump in and, and ask questions, guys. She she'll yeah. she'll just, I mean, it does not have to be me. Please, please, please just just go with it. I'd like to ask her what you know what the uh, what she thinks of or how does she, what, did, what, what would she say to, to those Christians out there that are a part of a church that are not? Yeah. But I'm not. sorry. Right. I, I, I flipped myself upside down. <laughs> no, sorry no worries. No worries. Um, you know, Jeremy, the last thing I heard you say is, are we one generation away from losing Christianity? Well, you know, Ronald Reagan's favorite, you know, one of his well-known statements was, we're sure. just one generation away from losing freedom, right? You know, what we know on the, the authority of scripture, of course, is Christianity's never going to go away. It's never going to be obliterated. But but there's no guarantee that we as a nation right. maintain the, um, well, first of all, that, that we maintain the form of government that we have. You, you, you all you all are smart guys and you know all of this stuff. But um, just to remind, you know, people who might not, when the when they were meeting in Philadelphia in 1787, after the failed Articles of Confederation, which were kind of funny actually, right? The Articles of Confederation assumed one thing, everyone would play by the rules. Right. And they didn't take into account at right. all the depravity of man, right? And so they get there and they, they form this, you know, limited government and constitutional republic. And Benjamin Franklin leaves the meeting one day, runs into a lady and she says, well, what, what, have, you, what, what have you given us, uh, Mr. Franklin? And he says to her, a republic ma'am if you can keep it right because it's it's a it's a very in, in many ways it's a very fragile form of government because it relies on the character of the people to me to maintain it and, and i would argue and i would argue vociferously that it it presumes as john adams says a religious and moral people I mean, that's what John Adams, what, that's what he said. Our form of government is wholly unsuited to people who are not religious or not moral. And, and in fact, I just finished a radio commentary on, you bet we can legislate morality. It's done every day, everywhere. Because morality is someone's view of right and wrong, right? And, but what, what John Adams was saying was, this is not new age religion. It's not Buddhism. It's not Hinduism. It's, you know, it's not any other ism. It's Christianity from which we're deriving our morality that makes a limited government work. So yes, uh, what, what, what we lose is the form of government that allows us to preach and teach the gospel and send the missionaries around the world and, and have our Christian schools and our Christian camps and our Christian ministries. Because when you don't have religious freedom and you don't have prosperity, you, you, you're gonna lose all of that opportunity that we've enjoyed for over 200 years. So yeah, it's only a generation away. I don't know about anybody else. Anybody else get a little concerned about the next generation? Oh man, yeah. <laughs> I think I think we've talked a lot with our kids just to, you know, growing up and you know, elementary, high school, college, you know, we're we're all talking through those things. And I think it's incredibly uh frightening to think that, you know, and I think it, and maybe get your thoughts on this. I've never seen, and again, granted, it's been it's been that way even when we were growing up. But I've never seen a time where where right is 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 just promoted as wrong, and wrong is promoted at right so flagrantly, and it's so like 
what like how are you even able to say that with a straight face it's just so out there and it's just it's the pitting of of, of right of good versus evil um in a way that i've just not seen it so out front before well i agree with you I, and you know we've been talking hedging on this world do you think i i see so you're talking to somebody who really believes that the family is at the heart of god right I, I believe that with all my heart. I think he gave us three social civil institutions, if you will, for our good and his glory. And first is marriage and family, because that's the underpinning for, for the other ones. That's the underpinning for good government that we get in Genesis 9, 6. And it's, it's the strong families make strong churches, right? That we get in the book of Acts. And so I bring this all back to the family the family, um, unfortunately, has put too much confidence in public education, and they didn't understand for years and years the clash of worldviews that was building in those public schools. It was subtle at first. You know, you guys, you guys didn't experience it, but when this, in the 60s, when they took Bible reading and prayer and the Ten Commandments, and they took them out of schools because, you know, somebody might read those Ten Commandments and think they ought to read them, ought to, ought to live by them, um, that, that was a clash of worldviews. And, it, and it's just proliferated from there. And it's, as a result of that, I don't think that we've done a very good job in churches, in our Christian schools and, and universities, and, and maybe even in families about system, systematically teaching a worldview, a biblical worldview. Yeah, which, which comes back to the, 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 the dad of the family taking a biblical position and saying, you know what? We're not going to do all the things that everybody else is doing. We are going to take time to open God's word and we are going to learn this. And it's so easy. And I even fall into this trap sometimes that there's too many other things going on. We've got soccer, we've got football, we've got um, just, just church in general, which can be a distraction from your own spiritual growth, ironically, all these things. And and yet we just kind of forget that here's our Bible sitting right on our tables, blow the dust off, open it up and listen and learn from what God has to, to say to us from his, from his very heart. And you're right. It is the family, but I, I would put the onus on, on particular, just because of this group on, on dads, we, we need dads, dads matter in our, our societies and our world um, in these places where there aren't any fathers enjoying, you know, you've talked about this on, on different occasions on different um, platforms, but um, it, it's just, it's critical. It's crucial to have that. So that foundation begins to be built and formed for all these kids for the next generation so that they can reproduce it and not lose it. We can't afford to lose it. Yeah. You know, if, if we have had a pandemic, it, 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 in my opinion, I, by the way, I just refuse to call the, the COVID a pandemic, but I, I will say we've had a pandemic of fatherlessness yeah. and it, it is, has reached the, the, the levels of where not, fathers aren't just now, you know, made fun of. Fathers are almost disregarded. Right. And, and we, you know, we have, all, especially in some of our inner cities, 80% of our babies are born to single in, in Wisconsin, Mil by the way, Milwaukee leads the nation in this. Um, so it's over, well over 80% of the babies born at any given time are born to single mothers whose father and the fathers of those babies 
are, are virtually nowhere to be found. You know, they've they've done that that they seem to, you know, the impregnation, but they haven't stuck around for any of the the growing up and the, and the investing in that. And it's and, and that is that's what we're seeing in jails. That's what we're seeing in gangs. That's what we're seeing with disruptive behavior in our schools is the lack of dads, the lack of fathers investing in their children. And it's not just out there. It's also in here. It's it's in our Christian ranks of, you know, dads, in my opinion, dads are absolutely irreplaceable. And moms are too. But, you know, I jokingly say, because so, somebody said to me every once in a while, why do you always harp on absent dads? I said, because last time I checked, every time a baby was born, the mom was there. <laughs> you know, um, well, that's true, right? And, and, and the dad may or may not be there. But, 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 the, the absence of fathers in the in the development of boys and girls, and I will tell you, I think it's it, it's critical for both. But the boys in particular, you guys provide a structure for young men that is absolutely critical. Now, you're, now, please don't be offended by this, but you guys are one of the reasons, are one of the things that every society has to wrestle with. Every society has to figure out how to deal with single men because left to yourselves, guys, it gets dangerous out there. It's bad. <laughs> it, it does get right. bad. It does. And one of the best things that happens to you, and I'm sure all of you will say this, assuming you're married, is, you know, was to get married. And, and when you had children, all of, a, all of a sudden, there's different priorities. There were different things that were you know, occupied your time and your interest and all the rest of that. And you, and you look for positions at work and different things because now you were responsible. Every society has to deal with that. And boys in particular need that structure. But Jeremy, I'm going to circle back to this thing. Um, you know what? I don't hear much about family devotions anymore. I know. I just don't, I don't hear it. Um, and I go to a really good church, as you know, I just don't hear about it. Um, and maybe it's there when I'm not there. I don't know. I shouldn't, I, I'm not trying to cast stones because I love my church, but, and my pastors, but, um, I, I, I remember how hard it was for our family. It was a fight to the finish to have mm -hmm. family devotions. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We got up at 6am just to squeeze it in. And I can tell you, it wasn't quality family devotions. It was dad saying, we're going to do this. You're going to listen to Proverbs over and over and over again. We went to no other book. And so we had it memorized and he would read and stop at certain places because he would expect us to fill it in. So yeah, but you're right. It's, it's, you just, you don't hear it very much. No. And, and look, and when we talk about elections and things like that, those are kind of some of the things that we need to think about. I, I, I would offer that, you know, when we look at candidates, we need to, we need to be asking ourselves, what do these families think about family? Or what do these candidates think about family structure? Because if and when you start talking about family structure, you need to start hearing candidates talk about moms and dads who are married to one another, because every other relationship is is takes out of society. It doesn't give into society. Every other one, you know, and 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 there there that that is the natural family is God's plan, and it's meant to be a building, not a tearing down, and. We've got it all out of whack now. And listen to candidates. I listened to the debate between Mandela Barnes and and uh, Ron Johnson. Was that, that last? Was that last night? Friday. Friday. Friday night. Ah. You can you can see it. I, I I didn't watch it Friday night either, Jeremy. I, I okay. caught it this afternoon. Yeah. 
Queen Church, but but my point is they don't talk about those things, but they talk about things that like Biden saying, okay, I'm gonna give pardons to all these people who had possessions and use of marijuana. Well, okay, I'm, I'm not unwilling to talk about that, but I really wanna know what are you going to do to create more natural family units and help make sure they're independent? Independent family units are what candidates should be talking about. Because mm. when, when you don't have a good solid base of independent family units as God designed the family, you're building on sand. Oh yeah. That's sand. So yeah, I worldview. Um, check out Reasons for Hope with Carl Kirby. Um, Joseph back home at Family Research Council does great stuff. I like Del Tackett's stuff. I still think the Truth Project is one of the best yeah. on, on worldview that out there. But Carl's got some really good material, and so did Joseph. So and, and Summit Ministries, Dr. Jeff Myers. Boy, they've got some dynamite. By the way, quick story on that, guys. So, you know, when, when we had the bombing on Mother's Day, one of the things they did is because the Molotov cocktails weren't designed very well. I don't know if you knew that or not. They built them in mason jars, okay? <laughs> now, I didn't know anything about Molotov cocktails. I, you know, I'm sorry. I'm very ignorant of how to blow up somebody's <laughs> office. But um, see, they should have been in narrow neck bottles, right? Yeah. And, and they weren't. They were in wide mouth mason jars. So because they didn't explode enough, they built a fire on top of books that I had on the on the windowsill. And <laughs> with some of those pictures that you can see on, on the refuse down yeah. there on the floor. So I'm on Tony Perkins show that next week, you know, out of FRC. And Tony says, hey, Jelaine, I saw my book it was all burned up. I'll get you another one. Um, <laughs> so somebody from Summit Ministries was saw that. And they said, hey, we saw our, one of our worldview books down there. They called us and said, we are so sorry to have this happen to you. You go on our website and you choose anything you want off there. We will send oh, it to you for yeah. free. Oh, so, wonderful, wonderful. And I, I was actually at a conference where Jeff Meyer spoke this summer and he's a really good guy. Um, but, but I offer those as resources because we don't have, it's hard for people to deal with worldview if in a systematic way, if we don't have resources. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don, do you have a question? I know you're, you're kind of jumping at the bit here. Yeah. Julian, I question for you about churches that, um, what would you say to us as Christians and those listening that are a part of churches or maybe part of churches that maybe don't want to dip their toes into the, uh, maybe the politics of, of what's going on today. So, so they water it down a lot. They just want to get butts in the pews, that kind of thing is, uh, what, what would you say to those, those people? Don't call me when you're in jail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I told you so. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. right. Well, you know, a couple of things. So pastors tell me all the time, I'll go to jail for my beliefs. And my counter has been for years now, wouldn't it be better if we avoided jail and we kept everybody out freely preaching the gospel because we still had religious freedom and the right to run and conduct our services and our churches and our policies and programs and everything. Um, the way we are supposed to, according to the word of God, because we do have this religious freedom. Wouldn't it be better if we could fight to keep it rather than lose it and have to go to jail? Hmm. So, um, and, and that, so 
I do, I do think that's an important concept. But secondly, I would say, and, I, and I'm really parroting um, Jim Garlow. I'm sure you guys know Jim Garlow from out in California. We had him on a special, um, one of our Lunch with Purpose. By the way, we're having Wayne Grudem on the 26th of this month. Uh, another really good theologian on, on these kinds of issues. But anyway, Jim Garlow said he got tired of people saying, Jim, you're so political. And he finally said, I'm not political, I'm biblical. And, and I think that's a really good answer to say to churches, look, the issues that you're running from, because that's what they're doing, you know, the issues that you're running from are not, they're not political, they're inherently biblical. And they've been politicized, but that's not your fault. That's not my fault. That's the, the world has. And by the way, they've not just politicized those issues. They've weaponized them. Mm. Right. And, and I think that that they need to understand that those are biblical issues. And secondly, I think that they need to understand when they choose to ignore the um, and, and, and let me just put it down real basically when they won't even tell their people that there's an election and that they should go vote and they should honor God with their vote then they they when they reap the whirlwind they've reaped what they they've reaped what they've sown because you know i said this on thursday to pastors so i'm a sheep right i'm a sheep my 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 under shepherd is bob loggins when bob loggins tells me i should do something and i should consider something or something is right and you know i, I and it squares with the word of god I listen to him and as a good sheep, I follow him. I'm not atypical. When pastors speak, most of us will listen and say, you know what? I may not totally agree, but I don't have any reason to doubt his care for me. And I don't, I, he's not telling me to do something un, un, unbiblical, illegal, immoral, or unethical. I'll follow him. So if he tells me to go vote, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to make it a priority. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, are you guys there? Yeah. Yeah. We're there. We're there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that the church ignores these things to their peril. So Mr. Pastor, when a sexually oriented business comes in next door because the zoning laws got changed in your community, what now? What, what are you going to do now? When the conversion therapy laws come in, that say that you can, even as an unlicensed counselor, as you're in, in the normal course of doing business as a counselor, that you, counseling that you do as a pastor, says you can't tell people that choosing to be um, homosexual or choosing the opposite gender is, is not good because, and you can get fined for it or imprisoned for it. How far is this gonna go before you say enough's enough? Yeah. Hmm. Well, these are these are important issues, important thoughts. Jelaine, I, I want to just one more thing here to um, to spur on just a little bit of a conversation. You you lobbied hard um, something unique of the DMV, the Department of Transportation, to get a footprint of a baby on the license plate, much like you see the Milwaukee Brewers, the Minnesota Twins license plates. You see, you know, Packers. Vikings, you know, all this stuff that's out there. Tell these guys about, about this unique um, opportunity that, that we drive with our license plates with a little footprint on it. Yeah, so you've got, well, in Wisconsin, there's a lot of states that have a choose life plate. 
And we didn't have one for years and years and years. Other states have had in Florida, I think was the first one and they've had them for years and they've put, they've earned so much money um, for the pregnancy care centers in that state. And we long looked at that and said, wow, how do we get one here? So we started looking at the pro-life groups. You know, we're not a single issue group. We, I wish, I, let me tell you, I wish I were a single issue group. Um, the reason I wish I were a single issue group is it's a lot easier to raise money just to have a cute little babies, you know, and say, oh, we rescued all these babies and everybody, you know, but we have to deal with other issues. But anyway, um, I started working with Pro-Life Wisconsin to see what would it take to get the legislation passed in Wisconsin to get a choose life plate here. And it took 10 years to get that, 10 years. We were lied about, we were, our names were called out on the assembly floor that we were, we were gonna be stealing money and using it for lobbying. It was horrible. And finally, the state just changed completely how you can get what we call a funding specialty plate done. And they took it through the Department of Transportation rather than running it through um, the legislative process. And that really helped us. And so um, one of the, what we did is back in 2017, we, and the irony of this is guys, the way we got that bill passed, the other guy from Pro-Life Wisconsin, their lobbyists and I, we just shut up. We just didn't say a word. We just let them run that bill and we acted like we didn't even know it was out there. We didn't even want us to, we didn't even want to think about it because um, we knew, we knew that it, it was going to be a problem if we weren't careful. So uh, you're going to see me come on here in another realm because I'm losing, I, I forgot to put my uh, cord on my phone here. So you're going to see me pop up here. Um, but um, finally in uh, October of 17, we got this thing passed and then in, I'm going to sign off here, guys. Hang on. <laughs> Just give me a half second here. You're good. Okay, okay. here we go. Okay. Can you Perfect. hear me now? Yep, you're great. Yep. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. So in 2018 um, was the first time that we actually had money out from the sale of the plates. We started selling them um, five years ago this month. And we now have about 2,500 plates on the road. Choose Life Wisconsin, Little Baby Footprint, Choose Life at the bottom and the classic black and white, red and white um, uh, colors. And we just, this week have given out the um, most recent round of grants to pregnancy care centers all over the state. And we now have <laughs> given out over $210,000 to pregnancy care centers to uh, further their work for um, advertising that they're there. And by the way, in the, in the wake of Roe v. Wade being overturned, yeah. pregnancy care centers are more important than ever. Oh, yeah. Oh, way speak, more speak to that because you've got your feet in the door there are are they but they've got to be busting at the seams i've talked to two directors no. and they they've said that initially it was huge yeah things well, have kind of, of the, you know the the, the pro boards uh, talk see this is the worldview and the blinding the, the blinders are on these people they so many of these pro-abortion people are trying to make it sound like pregnancy care centers lie they mm -hmm. they hurt women you know, they're keeping them from getting real medical health. And as we know, abortion is not healthcare. What healthcare program and, and, and a procedure do you know that's whole intention is to kill a human? Yeah. Come on. But, but they've lied so much about it that women got scared there for a while. Because I just was at three this last week and uh, within the last two weeks. 
and and they all told me there was a period of time after Roe versus Wade was overturned on June 24th where nobody came to their doors. Wow. It was like right after from June 24th to like first two weeks of July. Nobody. But they said now it's really picked up. But but Jeremy, I think what we're seeing is it's picked up in the places where there's good advertising and there's good yeah. exposure. Yeah. We need they need more money. Yeah. And that's why I love look, I love giving money away. I'm, I, it's like Christmas, you know, go in and give these folks three thousand dollars here and three thousand dollars there. We'd love to have more money. But, um, you know, we know that these organizations use it to promote good and they, they promote adoption. Did you guys hear the Planned Parenthood report that came out last week? No. Did you guys hear about that? So they had fewer people walk through their door, but they yes. did more abortions in their fiscal really? year that ended in 2022, uh, June of 2022. Fewer people came to all across the country, came through their doors, but they did more abortions. So that means that most everyone who came to them had an abortion. There were 363,000 abortions, over 363,000 abortions done. Wow. And the amount of money they got from you and me, of taxpayer funding, was I think it was eight percent more, something like that. I, I, th these numbers, these numbers are mind-boggling. I mean, six hundred eighty-three million dollars of just—I think that just came in through the COVID money. Hmm. And and Planned Parenthood's whole money-making scheme is abortion. Yeah. So the plant, the the pregnancy care centers—they're um, the antidote to Planned Parenthood. They really are. They're the very best yeah. ground game we have in the pro-life movement. Bar none, bar none. And by the way, if our getting hit on May 8th meant that the pregnancy care centers, we have about 70 of them in Wisconsin, they, they weren't gonna be hit. I'll take that hit any day, yeah. any day, yeah. any day. Wow. So. Do you guys have any other questions you wanna fire at Jelaine? I know, if, you know we wanna be sensitive to time too, but Ryan, yeah. do you have anything mulling around in your mind? I can see it. Yeah, I, I, I do have I do have a question for Jelaine, and I, I think just getting back to the biblical worldview, is there, uh, obviously your passion about the work you do, is there a, a biblical passage or a verse that, that drives you, a verse or two uh, that really compels you to do the work you do? Well, I think the, the verse that I use so much in my own thing is, is the passage in Matthew 5. Um, that we're salt and light and, and and it's not a commandment it's a description mm. and and if the salt's lost its savor what good is it just throw it out let people walk on it and and we all know those qualities of salt and the the the, the quality of being light you know that we don't hide it under this bushel but rather and I always trying to tell people you know when you're in a storm you don't put your flashlight on the floor or your candle on the floor what do you do you put it as high as you can because the light diffuses. And th that has always driven me. But I'll tell you one that I hadn't thought of for too much. Uh, in, in, I guess, I don't remember. Somebody used it here not too long ago. I thought, oh yeah. Um, my senior year, I'm a, I'm a Bob Jones University, three-time graduate, so shoot me. Um, but, <laughs> but, and I don't trade, I wouldn't trade my <laughs> education for anything. But oh. my senior year of my undergrad degree, I was a humanities major and I ended up having to take, I took history, I took, um, history, modern, history of art. I was taking, I don't know, all the, and, and philosophy. 
And one of the things in that philo modern philosophy, one of the things that I had to do in modern philosophy was, you know, wrestle with my own philosophy of life, you know, and my own philosophy of belief system. And I remember reading that verse in Colossians says, of him and through him and to him, him are all things. And by him, all things consist. To me, that is the epitome of, of who I am, why I'm here and where I'm going and why my, my work has value. Because Jesus Christ is the epitome of, you know, he, he is the center of everything, the creator God. And he designed this world for us to, to, to be good stewards of, I don't know. So, so it's fall, right? I mean, we're all in the Northern hemisphere. It's fall for all of us. Do you guys ever get just incredibly impressed with how gracious God was and no matter the season of the year and in spite of a fall of the most incredible proportions, meaning in the Garden of Eden, he still left us all this natural beauty that yeah. even in the death of trees getting ready for new life in the spring, they're gorgeous. Yeah. I, what a gracious God. Yeah. And, you know, we owe him everything. So when I consider that of from of him and to him and through him, all things consist. That's my motivation. Well, Ryan, now yeah. you can sleep soundly, right? You, you've got that satisfied, <laughs> that answer in you. Well, this has been good. Ryan, why don't we transition right now and go to Truth and Tunes trivia here. And then um, I'll close this out with a little fix your eyes and we can wrap uh, wrap things up with that. And then Jelaine, again, we want to extend a thank you for that. If, because elections are coming, what we should do is have you come back on after the election sometime in the spring and just wrap up a, a, and, and see how, what happened. What, what happened? Is there, is there, are there things we can learn? Are there things that we can do differently and better and maybe be a little more vigilant? And I hope the answer is that we did our, we did our due diligence. We went after it. We got it. Um, and that's the message we want to promote to our, our listeners and our families and people that we care dearly about, particularly in our churches. And you have given that message very, very clearly. Ryan, let's transition to you. Give us some truth and tunes and let's have some fun. Okay. I, I hope you're all ready. Jelaine, really appreciate all that you had to share. Very inspiring. And uh, I've, I've really, really enjoyed learning from you and hearing from you tonight. So having said that, uh, here's how we operate in this trivia contest. So I'm going to give you four questions and your name is your buzzer. So if you think you know your name, you just say it and then I'll call on you and I'll well, tell, tell I, you I think she knows her name. Like if she knows the answer to the question, then she'll say her name. That's, that's, she, she's pretty smart. So I'm with you. I'm with you, Matt. I, 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 can't, I can't argue with that. All right. So, uh, and like, like was mentioned earlier, um, I've got my money on Jelaine tonight. So uh, I, I, I let her win the amen battle. I'm not letting her win this one. Ooh, Good. Here we go. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> All right. So here we go. The first two questions will be truth. They will pertain to scripture. Uh, the last two questions will be music related. Okay. So okay. I don't have any yay music. Um, I'm sure that's unfortunate to, to all of your chagrins, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll get, we'll get started. Yes. So question number one, I'm going to quote a Bible verse and the first person who can tell me the book 
and chapter number uh, <laughs> awarded the prize. So book and chapter number. You formed my inward parts, knit me. Jeremy. Jeremy. That would be Psalm 139. That is correct. Jeremy on the board with one. Excellent. Wow. Well done. Wisconsin well done. representing. All right. All right. Going to spot you one, Packer backers. Oh, no, we're not Packer backers anymore. Yeah. What? What do you mean? You're, are, you, are you a Vikings fan? Jelaine? Well, I'm, I'm a, She's from Atlanta, I like the back aren't winners. you originally? They got to figure out the second half. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Being a Vikings fan. They took, an, they took an L today in London, didn't they? They did. Yes, they did. L for London. All right. Question number two. Same thing as question number one. I'm going to say some words from a verse, and you will tell me the book and chapter number. Before I formed you, I knew you. Jeremy. Jeremy. Is that the same one? Wait a second. No, is it Jeremiah 1? It is Jeremiah 1. Yes. Man, you're a good Jeopardy player, Jeremy. Oh, I've never won in my life. This is like, you know, a new thing. I, Matt, I, Matt looks stunned. I'm submitting a request for cell phone records between Ryan and Jeremy. Like, this is none. Very, very suspect. Yeah, this is suspicious, as are most trivia sessions. <laughs> I, okay. I can't remember the last time I sent Jeremy a text. Just to, just <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, we're, we're barely <laughs> <This> friends. Afternoon. <laughs> okay, well, Jeremy has at least carved yeah, Well out. done, Jeremy. That's That was great, man. Nice it's, job. Yeah. yeah, maybe you should read the rest of those verses for our listeners' sake, because I, you know, I, did, I did interrupt you. <laughs> I, I said all I wanted to say. I've only got them written down in one of these. So, <laughs> Let me all finish right. the trifecta. Give me number three. All right. So if one oh. of you can get the last two questions right, you'll tie and I'll have to come up with a tiebreaker, which I don't have right now. So, <laughs> all right. Question number three. So Jelaine, what Matt does when we get to music, he doesn't play the Jeopardy theme because it messes with the lyrics yeah. of, and the music. So, all right. Question three. Uh, I'm going to actually skip to question four, uh, and then I'll come back to question three. Oh, do you yeah. have to tell us that? <laughs> yeah, I do. I've like we knew what order they were yeah. in, right? Go. Right. Oh, I missed that text. Precisely. Precisely. Audible. Yeah. Jeremy, yeah. switchy. Switchy. Audible. <laughs> Got it. All right. So here we go. I'm going to recite some lyrics, and whoever tells me the title of this song gets, gets the point. So be faithful in service as you watch and pray. I, I love this game. Matt. You picked those out I of the tried, middle I, of a verse. Seriously. I, I tried I, I try to, Jeremy, I tried to give it to you just because you know, I'm trying to be kind to you. Matt, okay, I have Matt. no clue. Matt. This could be the day. That is correct. This could be the, this day. Could one be of the, the day. One of the two songs these oh guys, goodness. Matt and Jeremy, sang back That's in college. Right. That was a duet we sang, That's buddy. You right. and me. We just talked, Jelaine, we just talked about this a week or two ago, and I had to tell these two guys what songs they sang. I mean, what, what's going well, I knew on one here? of them. I didn't know the second one. Where'd you guys all go? We all went to Pillsbury. So this That's is, this is the group Pils, that yeah. we, yeah. So yeah. And then Matt and I traveled on camp team with Pillsbury um, for okay. a summer. 
and the 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 this we there's actually six of us that kind of get together from time to time cool. and um anyway we all played on sports together and yeah, just, cool. just had a great time so anyway and now we get question number three yeah let's go <laughs> a point for wait. jelaine for I'm, remembering the order <laughs> i think i think ryan's taking after biden's math all right <laughs> The third question is the fourth. Okay. So if Matt gets this, we have a tie. Uh, Here we go. I'm going to recite some lyrics from a song. And Jelaine, you're right. I'm not going to start at the very beginning. I'm just going to pull them out of midair. Yeah. And uh, we'll see. We'll see who can recognize this, this great hymn. Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washing the blood, Jelaine? Jelaine. Are you washing the blood? That is correct. Oh, are you yeah. washed in the blood? Uh, well done. Amen. Amen. Excellent. <laughs> we we have we have a winner, Jeremy, and we have a tie for second with our guest and Matt. So, way to go, everybody! It's always nice to have our questions, our trivia questions answered. So, fitting a fitting favorite. end. Yes, fitting end. <laughs> well done. All right, so this takes us to our last segment. I think this is back to fix your eyes, right? Jeremy, are you uh, taking us I've, home? I've, I've got just a quick devotional thought here and, and something that I was challenged by, actually, by a student of mine, okay? Mm. So I, I just want to make this point that teachers always can learn something in their classrooms, and it doesn't always have to be from the text they're teaching. It can be sure. very much so from a kid and a student. So here's what a student taught me. As I asked the question, what are you doing in your devotional life? What is going on? What are you reading? And this student just threw up his hand and said, I just had a wonderful time in First Thessalonians chapter one. And he basically preached a three-point outline and my jaw was on the ground. I could not believe what I was hearing, but I'm going to share with you what he said to me. And I'm going to start in verse two, where it says, we give thanks to God always for you constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father, three things, your work of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfastness of hope in Jesus. Um, Work of faith, labor of love, and steadfastness in Jesus, the faith that is steadfastness. I, I don't know if I really need to explain or expound on that any further, but just say, is it, is it, part of our lives? Are we doing that? Are we known for those things? Mm. If Jelaine says that we shine that light and we put it up, then that is the kind of response that we will have from our community, our families, our wives, our children, that we are known as believers through and through, that Jesus Christ is actually just emanating from us and he is the light. And let me tell you, I was challenged by that the rest of the week. That happened on Tuesday. The rest of the week, I was, I was skipping into class because I was so, so thankful that I was rejuvenated with a swift kick in the rear end by a student saying, is this, is this what characterizes you teacher? And I had to say, you know what? I probably didn't have the best attitude last week. And you know what? I do need to repent and thank the Lord that he sends those messages through mouths of little innocent children. So gentlemen, Jelaine, there's our admonition and what a great show. What a thank, I want to thank you for coming on and, and, you know, giving us 
again, your passion in sharing with uh, not only us, but our listeners. I told these guys that you, you're going to be a great guest if there was any chance. And we just had this meeting like a couple of days ago. And I said, I'll just send her an email. I don't know if this is going to happen, but I want to thank you deeply from the bottom of my heart. And um, just let you know that our school, our church prays for you. And we uh, are behind you and we are taking active steps to try and do things at the local level to make a difference and uh, especially in the lives of kids with the worldview and uh, so anyway well you guys give me great hope it is wonderful to see men like you uh, doing this kind of thing rearing your families growing and the, growing them up and um, gives me great talk about being encouraged so thanks for thanks for kicking off my my new week on this first day of the week that's right. in a good way that's awesome. Well, that is a wrap on episode 55, a rich episode on this, the ninth day of October, year of our Lord, 2022. This was Six in the Mix, talking faith, family, sports, and politics. Find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast content. Review us and leave a comment. Visit our Facebook page at Six in the Mix Podcast and comment on what topics you'd like us to discuss. We are also on Twitter at 6 in the Mix Pod. Join us on our journey.